As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. and deep meaning from the everyday experience of your life journey. Welcome to Earth Walkways with your host, Darlene Rollins. Earth Walkways will help you love your life as it is and discover the hidden meanings and messages in everything that unfolds. So please welcome the host of Earth Walkways, Darlene Rollins. Welcome to Earth Walkways. This is your host, Darlene Rollins, and we're coming to you from BBM Global Network. And so it's good to be back again. I um, was traveling uh, a couple of times ago and then had some computer difficulties on the last uh, episode. So um, here we are live again, and I'm happy to um, be here for this one. It's such an amazing time of year, this kind of mid-fall time. And I think those of you that have followed me know I really am, uh, you know, a big fan of the medicine wheel and the way that the cycles of life seem to follow this amazing sort of mandala of uh, creation, you know, unfoldment, uh, you know, and then ultimately uh, returning back into uh, unity or inner stillness or, you know, dissolution. So there's this kind of natural rhythm for everything that happens in the field of time. And uh, this time of fall, this season of fall, right, and each season, I like the play of words, right, has its own flavor. And the flavoring of the season of fall is 
a very powerful flavoring. It's a kind of culmination of sort of the the new vision and the planting and uh, in the spring and the you know first light from you know spirit and the creation that gets brought forth in that to the summertime of adventure and learning and rapid growth and just kind of going for it, right? And and then fall is this time where it's it's very appropriate in the way that uh, the harvest comes in, right? You know, the, the process of uh, reaping what has been sown in a way. And so this happens, of course, in the way of actual... Uh, harvesting of our crops and, you know, working with uh, the seasons to feed everybody. But it also is an inner uh, reflection, a symbol of inner work. And there's a kind of process of development and evolution in life that's ongoing. And it requires, you know, this free, full-out experience but then beyond the experiences, this time of going within, of introspection, of sorting out wheat from shaft, of you know examining the uh, the fruits of the labor based on, and also you know what the experience of you know the work was. So there's a way in that that this is also a spiritual metaphor for us all. And so this time of year, you have Yom Kippur, you have, you know, many, many kinds of ways of supporting this going within. And uh, in uh, our recent time, like around October 31st, November 1st, November 2nd, right, this is also uh, a part of this tradition in that, even though it's a little different than introspection, it's all interconnected. So this is marking the festival when the veil uh, between the uh, three-dimensional world and the invisible uh, multi-dimensional worlds, perhaps, you know, uh, thins. And so there are many ceremonies and celebrations. There's, you know, the Day of the Dead, and there's, of course, our Halloween, and and we have All Souls Day and All Saints Day. And so there's this kind of understanding that um, we're also inviting our ancestors to this feast and to this process of, of introspection and to recognize that everything that we're standing on is what has gone before us, which is certainly our, you know, direct lineage and our ancestry there. But I like to really realize that that's, you know, uh, uh, the very uh, tip of the iceberg, right? And so what lies uh, in our foundation goes all the way back to the original flaring forth of the universe, right, as far as we know. And and so there's this kind of development, this evolutionary process of unfolding that has been going on continuously. And it, you know, has you know, first created, you know, the universe and then our solar system. And now, you know, it's just in the most recent, recent of times that mankind has been on Earth. But yet we have these lineages going back generations as well. And and so if the material universe is evolving, I think we can also assume that it's consciousness itself that's also evolving. 
and a part of the evolution of consciousness is is reflected in this journey in the medicine wheel where we you know have experience and then you know we go into introspection we're in the here and now you know we're we're first in the vision you know and creating future and then we're in the here and now and then and then we're looking back and evaluating so uh, to me, it's a very beautiful time for both that and also for this deepening into this realm of the invisible. So I want to uh, continue our um, program today more in, in that realm. But before we leave the medicine wheel, I would just like to offer a, a, one of my um, medicine wheel songs, right? It seemed like a little fall fairy sang in my ear this little chant to me. And it goes like this. Summer turns to fall when the night grows long as day. Come and harvest is the call, for the year soon slips away. What will you let go of? What will you keep? What will you share on? What will you feast? Remember what you've planted for the seeds that you have sown. Have fruit for the harvest time to reap all that's gold. What will you let go of? What will you keep? What will you share on? What will you feast? Remember, save your seed corn for to sow in comes the spring. And remember to give thanks for this harvest that God brings. So, um, yeah, I, it actually should be sung with repeats in there, but then I think for other people, you know, it's better not to. So I kind of got lost in the middle of where I was in it. But that basically is the sentiment, you know, to me of of this journey into this fall time, this west on the medicine wheel. And so you might take a minute and during the season, you know, and ask yourself those questions, you know, what, what are you going to let go of? You know, what no longer serves you? You know, what are you going to keep? What are you going to carry into the future? You know, and, and what are you going to enjoy and feast on and share with others in this moment? Okay, so let's go exploring a little more into this idea of this time when the veil between the worlds thins. Um, and, you know, part of that is the sense that it's a time when our ancestor spirits might come uh, to visit us. And uh, there's a way in which the understanding is often that they stay involved with, you know, this journey that they began and, and you know, how they influenced us in various different ways. And, and most often, I think, you know, in collaboration and in support and, and they've maybe done their introspection and recognized even their errors, you know, from the other side, right, and um, have, you know, chosen now to try to help support uh, you know, the remediation of, of anything like that that they might have put into motion that is causing, 
you know, the people that they love, some difficulty still on earth. And so, you know, there's the beneficent uh, support that we can still receive from them and and often not in our even if not in our most immediate lineage maybe they're still alive you know our grandparents and beyond right and there are also you know what we understand as our guides and our guardian angel spirits and um, that they're basically there to protect us and maybe inspire us and help us remember what we came here to do and it's, you know, always that we are here, life is a very precious thing. And, you know, they um, may have forgotten that in the density of life. Sometimes we all do, right? Um, but from the other side, they're there all trying to, you know, give us light and strength and, you know, encouragement for the journey that we have here. And then there are other, you know, beings that are also tempters and challengers and even maybe beings that are um, souls that passed on and are still attached to certain material desires and also to, you know, unresolved relationship issues. And that they also can be involved and influence our lives even when we don't know about it. Now, you know, a long time ago, we almost always universally sort of believed in all of this stuff. And then, you know, we kind of threw it all out the window with our scientific understanding of things, which was in a way, I think, unnecessary. And I think Pathwork Guide says this, you know, like an evolutionary movement, really, because there had been, you know, a lot of superstition and confusion in all of this realm. And it was... Um, also misused and we needed kind of a reset and so it's like you know the rational mind uh, evolution and the scientific approach you know kind of threw out all of the invisible world stuff right and and in some ways that was a, a value but in some ways we also did lose connection with a great uh, level of reality you know even including like we all have emotions and thoughts right you know and th they we can acknowledge at least subjectively that they do exist but there's a, a way that uh, they're not things and we can't quite measure them you know and so there's a way that they also oftentimes uh, get denied or um we don't really maybe even understand that they may be more readily subjected to influences from that more invisible, less substantial realm. So, you know, it's a good thing that we, you know, shifted away from our superstitions and, you know, just uh, a lot of confusion and, and uh, sort of tried to reground in our scientific methodology. But there is a way in which uh, I think our, our whole understanding of mental health would actually be served if we could really open up again to understanding this. And um, I think it's involved particularly in some extreme cases that, you know, that we would call psychosis and that kind of thing. And then also it's amazing, 
you know, in our everyday lives, right? You know, there's in, in this understanding, right, you know, these vagabond spirits, right? And and this spirit just has a tendency never to settle and never to have success from it, the, you know, sweat of its brow and never to feel its purpose or, you know, and, and so I think in this understanding, you know, individuals who have this difficulty that feel to some degree this energy, this uh you know, aspect uh, alive in them, right, you know, could be said to, you know, be working with such a being. So we're um, coming up on a, a, a commercial here, and I want to just uh, recommend that we'll be back in a moment here to continue talking a little more about um, the influence between the material and spiritual realms. This is Darlene Rollins coming to you from BBM Global Network. This is Earthwalk Ways. Essential Nutrients, LLC, is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of essential liquid nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take essential products today and start to measure the difference. Patricia Fayweather Harlow is passionate about the environment and conserving our natural resources. She's written a five-part book series for all ages called Rock with Rodney and Party with Perky to Preserve Wildlife, which brings awareness through these vibrant characters on preserving and protecting our national parks and historic landmarks. Harlow has launched a campaign to mobilize green supporters, informing a united front against big oil, big coal, and the Keystone XL pipeline. And she addresses the controversial practice of fracking in books four and five. She's determined to bring greater awareness to the dangers of drilling and running crude oil through pipelines that cut through pristine landscapes. And she empowers readers to take action in keeping America beautiful. To learn more about Patricia Fayweather Harlow and to purchase her books, visit www.patricia-fayweather-harlow.com. That's F-A-Y-E-R-W-E-A-T-H-E-R. And play your part in preserving the landscape that we all share and love. Welcome back. This is Darlene Rollins, and you're listening to Earthwalk Ways. We're coming to you from BBM Global Network. And we've been talking about this time of year that uh, is known in many traditions as a kind of time of the thinning of the veil, so that there seems to be a greater influence between the ancestral realm particularly, but also just the spiritual realm in general um, and the material realm. And 
And so, you know, there's a lot of interesting material about how this influence happens and um, an understanding of it, I think, that goes beyond sort of our fear of the superstitious way. But uh, and many of you probably already, you know, do understand and accept this as part of your reality. Many people feel this influence in varying ways in themselves. But uh, I think it's really useful to begin to incorporate this into our understanding of our daily life. And I find, again, that uh, the path work Guide has some really great things to say, and in general, you know, spiritist literature. So um, we might explore some of that as well. But I'm going to start with reading from this lecture in uh, the Pathwork material. Uh, I think it's lecture 15, and you can find it on pathwork.org. And it's called The Influence Between the Material or the Spiritual and Material Worlds. And so the guide says, I bring you blessings and love, my friends. I will speak about the influence between the spiritual and material worlds. Much has been said about the influence of the world of spirit on the world of matter, but not as much about the influence the other way around, for both affect each other. I will discuss the influence of spirit on your earthly sphere. First, to understand there are spiritual spheres throughout the universe. Since distance in the world of spirit is not measured by your geographical measurements, it is possible for many spheres to exist in the same geographical or material spot and to overlap. For example, one human can live on earth and be in this room and also be connected to a particular spiritual sphere, while another person in the same room can be connected to another sphere on quite a different level. A person is in contact with a sphere that corresponds to his or her general overall spiritual development. Since no one on earth is harmoniously developed, you may at one time be in contact with a particular spiritual sphere, and when your mood changes, the currents coming out of your soul, your subconscious, your conscious mind will connect you with quite a different sphere. So I think, you know, I'm not reading right now, this is me commenting, um, that we might recognize, you know, this in, in our lives in general, like when we shift moods and and just kind of, I, I know sometimes I notice I wake up after going to bed in the evening in one place, you know, like, oh, I'm in a completely different space this morning, right? And so it's it's useful for me to envision this as what the guide is talking about, these spheres of consciousness and that that we kind of inhabit them, you know, based on something that is also, you know, within us so that there's a correspondence that's happening. So he says, um, going on and reading a little more, that Whenever this higher self has been restored to its original state by shedding the surrounding layers of the lower self, it reaches out and automatically connects with the highest and most radiant spheres, even though you may still live on earth. Wherever the lower self is still stronger and does not permit the higher self to shine through, connection is made with the forces of darkness according to each person's attitude and development. 
since each sphere is richly populated by spirits fitting into that particular sphere, you are all constantly in touch with spirits of varying spiritual development, as well as the forces and currents generating from the higher particular spheres. Some people say that evil spirits are responsible when their lower self takes over. And this was more in the past than it is now. Uh, and he says that, that that's in a sense meaning that they are not to blame, right? And he says this is not true. Certainly evil spirits can and do influence you, but only if and when you permit it by your laxity in pursuing your spiritual development and through your inclination to take the line of least resistance. So, and we often think that merely because our faults aren't as bad as certain, you know, clearly criminal people or whatever, that it's not such an important thing. But he says, even if our faults are minor ones and not outright crimes, we still are responsible. And the higher the development, the more it is the responsibility and duty to perfect ourselves. And the more we are free of the very wicked or evil trends, then the higher our development must be. So when we possess more enlightenment and more strength, then more can be expected of us. Then a so-called minor fault may count just as heavily for you as a more serious crime would for a person of little or no spiritual enlightenment. Therefore, do not compare your faults and deviations with spiritual law with anyone else's. Your comparison may be all wrong. And he's saying that also, uh, you know, we um, want to not take this from a moralizing attitude with ourselves, right? But this kind of idea of self-facing and self-responsibility as a kind of spiritual maturity, and it, it develops out of a self-understanding and a self-awareness of all of our aspects. So that's one of the things that the Pathwork does is go deeply into this inner exploration and deeper self-awareness of all these different spheres that we do inhabit. Um, so then he talks about how uh, that w there are certain kind of specialists, right? So he says, wherever a human being is, a number of spirit beings of various stages of development are close by. In every sphere, there are specialists of all kinds. The world of spirit in all its gradations is much more specialized than our earthly sphere. And so this applies to the divine order and to the world of darkness. So he says, each one of us then attracts certain specialists whose particular qualities, good or bad, we do possess, right? So again, he's, he's reminding us like attracts like inevitably, magnetically. And when a human being grows up, he or she is surrounded by guardian spirits, who belong to the order and organization of divine worlds, and they can come close to their protege only if he or she asks for divine truth and will and tries to strive higher. So this is where, you know, our free will comes in so importantly and so clearly, right? There's a kind of 
you know, natural law in the spiritual realm, right, that requires this choice within us. And then help comes, right? Then we can, you know, sometimes with addictions and other forces, and I think most of these are, you know, involved also with this influence of the spiritual realms where we have, uh, you know, other forces and entities that are, you know, sort of, influencing us in in these negative choices that we make right that that i think it's maybe even where in the 12-step program right you know when we we come to see that we're not you know capable of sort of managing them or controlling them right you know and and we surrender and humble ourselves and then you know we ask god for help a day at a time right and this i think is very much aligned with sort of the reality of what what can happen and then we do receive some of the support from our higher selves and and guardians and guides that are with us so he says um that the that these high beings they will interfere otherwise if we don't ask only to protect according to past merits following exact spiritual laws and they are very careful to not break these laws because these laws are perfection wisdom love and justice this very same person is also surrounded by a number of other spirits not incorporated into the divine order and some may belong to the world of darkness. So even, you know, when the specialists of the so-called minor or everyday human faults are involved, they also belong to the world of darkness. And they operate according to their own laws. And so let's say your fault is selfishness. He's saying there will be a selfishness specialist attached to you. <laughs> and if your fault is that you are inclined to furious outbursts. That sounds like one of mine, right? You know, you'll, you'll have a specialist around you of a type who will wait for you. And then in a way we permit it to take over, right? Influence and thus live through us. So this is the way we are possessed by our, a lot of times our emotional dramas and our feelings, you know, and they're involved with these other, you know, non-corporeal beings that are also, uh, somehow related, you know, vibrationally, if nothing else, to these um, same kinds of energies and, and faults within us. And so it's it's us, but it's more than us, right, which is part of why it makes it so difficult to just handle with our everyday outer will um, and, you know, when they can influence and live through us, this does give them a great deal of satisfaction um, because it fulfills their own task, right? There's a way that their their purpose, right, is to try to uh, get us to indulge in our weaknesses. And uh, so, you know, if we're completely devoid of a particular fault, then the specialist won't, you know, work with us because, you know, they – they know that they really can't, you know, tempt us in that area. So we have to bear in mind that it's our own faults that pull the particular specialist close to us in the first place and that they do wait for an opportunity to live through us. And we then collude with them and can get rid of them only through our personal endeavor to overcome these faults and to first recognize that they are our faults and often you know we're, we're denying or justifying them in some way and we are um, able to kind of face these without again 
sort of moralizing and we can recognize that in in this choice to recognize and and want to change is you know forgiveness and and the main thing that we're here to do is to learn right and to you know transform ourselves on the basis of our our spiritual understanding and evolution so um, we're coming up on another break here, and when we come back, we'll continue reading a little bit more uh, from uh, the Pathwork Guide on the influence between the spiritual and material worlds. So this is Darlene Rollins. You're listening to Earthwalk Ways, coming to you from BBM Global Network. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted and every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Are you looking for employment and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is the place for you. Are you an employer looking to fill a position or quite a few positions in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is for you. Employers, JobsAnnex.com is your resource for career-minded people. JobsAnnex.com is the convenient place for job seekers and employers to hook up and move forward. Jobs Annex has been serving Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties for over 14 years. Jobs Annex is a former employment search firm. We've evaluated many thousands of resumes and we understand what employers want and what job applicants need to be successful in their interviews. At Jobs Annex, we provide you with the tools to tell your story for free. Our resources at JobsAnnex.com will help each applicant construct an award-winning resume, an eye-catching cover letter, and key interview questions to ask in various types of interviews. Best of all, it's free. JobsAnnex.com. That's J-O-B-S-A-N-N-E-X.com. Welcome back. This is Darlene Rollins, your host of Earthwalk Ways, and we're coming to you from BBM Global Network. And we've been talking about this time of the year when the veil between the spiritual and material worlds draws thin uh, in, in a kind of specific sense. But we're also reading how this works in general and trying to sort of reweave this back into our understanding of uh, you know, kind of a multidimensional reality and to not devolve into kind of a superstitious fear of these things, but to begin to understand that these influences are there and through that also understand, you know, what we can do to um, align and protect ourselves. So I've been reading from the Pathwork Guide, uh, which uh, is a channeled material uh, that came through a woman by the name of Eva Paracas from 1957 to uh, 70. 
1998, and there's 258 lectures that are all available um, for free online at pathwork.org. Sure hope you can contribute uh, and give a donation for the use as keeping this material available uh, depends on all of us. And this is really unique spiritual material. So I hope even as you're listening, you'll begin to understand sort of the depth that this work can speak to. And in our culture right now, I think we really deeply need this understanding of sort of the mediumship aspect of of this way that we are, you know, often lost and channeling these pain body spirits that are, you know, within, but also around us. So, um, it's, it's a good study, I think, that takes us to a, another deeper level of how to maintain our, you know, mental health, our spiritual health, health and our physical health. So I'm going to continue here with this lecture 15 on the influence between the spiritual and material worlds. So the guide is saying, wherever the lower self is still stronger and does not permit the higher self to shine through, connection is made with the forces of darkness according to each person's attitude and development. Since each sphere is richly populated by spirits fitting into that particular sphere, you are all constantly in touch with spirits of varying spiritual development as well as with forces and currents generating from our particular sphere. I think I actually did read that. Let me see. I might have must have lost myself. So he says, yes, um, you can be sure that whatever your particular faults are, you will carry with you and around you the corresponding spirit specialists who are waiting for an opportunity to tempt you to give in to your particular faults. And since it does not take a lot of pressure to succumb and it is easy and comfortable very often you follow these temptations. The stronger the fault is within you and the less aware you are of its full significance, the closer the specialist will be to you. So, and I can relate to that. And, and you know, there's often times when I'm, I'm indulging in a certain fault and I'm feeling completely justified in it in the moment. Like in this, this specialist that I'm channeling in the moment is not aware of you know, it, it kind of thinks that it's appropriate and righteous and whatever it is doing at that point, right? But then I'll, I'll kind of wake up from that trauma trance is sometimes what I call it, right? Because it's often connected with, you know, these uh, old soul dance and trauma places in, in our own development. Um, but, you know, I, I realize, oh my goodness, you know, like that was completely off base, right? Um, so I don't know. You know, we're, we're in this way of we're just trying to not shame ourselves to death, you know, or, you know, convict ourselves of these things, but just to recognize so that we can, you know, try to really ask the help that we need, right? You know, make a different choice in our heart, knowing that, you know, it's not up to our outer will, but that. If we are, you know, recognizing it and seeing the truth and truly choosing a different way, even though we may not know what it is at the time or we can't even know that we can make that choice in the moment, right? We can choose it now and ask for the help in the moment that we will need to overcome the temptation. So he's saying, you know, that it is... Uh, 
both incorrect and correct for people then who know about the existence of the beyond and the spirit creatures to say that an evil spirit influenced them. When they say this and mean by that that they are taking full responsibility for their own input, it is correct. But when they say that because they want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and guilt, it is incorrect. Between these low creatures and the higher entities of the world of God, there are many spirits who are very similar to yourselves in their attitudes. They may be deceased people who mean well and are not particularly bad, but who do not yet belong to the divine order and are thus blind in many respects. They often seek to influence human beings because it helps them in some way or simply because they have nothing better to do. They will learn from you if you take the spiritual path of self-development. However, if you are not stronger than they, they will influence you sometimes not harmfully, but even though they mean well, they do not inspire you to the best of your spiritual advantage because they are blind. Sometimes their guidance may be to your material advantage, which may or may not interfere with your spiritual progress. And sometimes their influence may be harmless or appear harmless, but is ultimately in some way to your disadvantage. When and to what degree this can happen is not coincidental. Their influence is inevitably called forth by our own inner attitudes. So he says, if we meditate about this, about ourselves, our life, our desires, we can find out what spirits are around us. And those of us who walk on the path of perfection, which is the only real protection that we have, will not be bothered or influenced by spirits who do not fulfill the will of God in all respects. There are other means of protection, but they have only a temporary effect. So if we are in disharmony, you know, for instance, and we feel a quarrel brewing and have the presence of mind, like this is part of what I was saying, to bring ourselves to pray, to reach out for God within us, to ask for spiritual guidance, this will help. And I recommend it strongly. But he says it will help only in this particular instance. And since you do not always have such presence of mind, sometimes you will be tired and will let yourself go. And then you will become prey to these influences, which, as we said, can have an effect on you only because of what is already within you. Therefore, the only definite and permanent cure and protection is for you to tear out the bad growths at their roots and this happens on the path of perfection and the self-development, the path of happiness. If you are willing to take this path, you will be guided and helped. But first, this will and decision must be clearly formulated within you. And then it will be recognized. At that point, your divine guidance can automatically and immediately get close to you and can, among other things, guide you in the proper human help, which you also need in order to take this path. You will be guided to the place and the person best suited to your temperament and character. This is how the different spiritual spheres with their respective creatures influence humans. Human beings are not helpless prey to these influences, but determine them. And by rejecting any influence that does not come from the divine world, a person not only takes hold of his or her own life, but also weakens the forces of darkness. For the less they have to work with in the material world, the more power they must eventually lose. So, 
tune in a minute, right, you know, and see, like, how that lands inside and you know it's it's kind of in varying you know people are in different places in this uh time in our world and have all kinds of different spiritual backgrounds and all kinds of understandings and and stuff and and the thing that i find is most useful for me even if i say okay this is one way of describing or you know making a story about you know, what's going on, it sort of matches my own inner experience, right? You know, so phenomenologically, it seems to have some usefulness, right? And and then, you know, there are also other, you know, ways of working with this. But I have said before, I think that, you know, I often find it very useful to work with all of these forces as if they were actual beings, Right. And and when I can recognize things as another being, maybe, you know, of lesser development or lost or confused or, you know, even a tempter from a demonic realm, you know, it's like there's some way in which I can see that as a lost or unevolved, you know, being that's in error. And, you know, if I'm holding light, I, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to reject it. I don't have to act it out. I just you know, can, you know, really choose and and help call the light to any situation like that. And if it's within me, you know, that I have these forces, then each opportunity, you know, where I get lost in them, if I, if I don't, turn against myself, uh, you know, when I kind of come out of my trauma trance, then it's an opportunity to learn more about this, you know, being that, you know, seems to, you know, get something out of its strength of reaction or maybe, you know, it believes it's it's necessary that it has to defend that way. You know, I was feeling into that in a meditation earlier this morning and, you know, felt this part of the clarity of this, you know, feisty part of me sort of just saying that, you know, it may, you know, have the wrong approach, but one level of it is from the higher self where it's simply trying to stand up for its understanding of truth, right? And it doesn't always, you know, work out so well the way it does it, you know, and maybe even what it's seeing is a temporary reality of truth and a projection and not ultimate reality, right? You know, but but in that moment, to let it go or to deny it somehow feels impossible, right, to this part of me. And so we can begin to see and have compassion and understand, you know, where these faults are coming from. And that's where I think the the ultimate work lies in the in the kind of transformation within us of our own faults. And I think that as the Pathwork Guide was saying, right, also helps these other beings that are on the other side. They are being educated by us and um, also, you know, they can learn to join the journey as well. So this is uh, coming up on another uh, 
advertisement here, a commercial section. And so this is Darlene Rollins, and I'm your host of Earthwalk Ways. This is BBM Global Network. And when we return, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the influence between the spiritual and material worlds. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nurse now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. Welcome back to Earthwalk Ways. This is your host, Darlene Rollins, coming to you from BBM Global Network. And we've been talking about uh, this time of year when the veil grows thin and we're more aware of this influence between the material and spiritual realms. But a lot of uh, spiritist understanding is that this is an ongoing reality. And I think that reality also is, is that as whatever event that is happening, you know, that people refer to, you know, the event is happening like this download of, you know, more and more awareness and consciousness and and more light into the planet. And it seems like, you know, we have these amazing, um, you know, expansions and wisdom and understanding. And, you know, sometimes maybe we don't know the right way of using these things, but, you know, there's just uh, this very uh, quick evolutionary kind of time frame that's happening right now. And, and in some ways, uh, people talk about sort of these influxes of divine light and, informa- and information. So back in the 1950s through the 70s, right, there was this original influx that came in that was part of where this, you know, these pathwork teachings kind of came in on that wave, right? Well, there's like a lot of these waves going on uh, continuously now as it's, you know, in the 
process of sort of helping this earth emerge out of three-dimensional reality and so you know cocooning and then transforming and then re-emerging as butterfly in in some way and so a part of this I think has to do with this level of our healing also in the ancestral realms and and these influences and the more that we can kind of incorporate all of this in our understanding I think it's a more holistic model of mental health and even just you know for our own everyday experiences I mean you you wake up or you go through your day and begin to notice gosh how fuzzy you're feeling right you know a lot of people are talking today about brain fog right you know and blaming this or that and I I have no idea ultimately but my experience is that it fits uh, often uh very much with this understanding uh, that there are just these uh, negative, heavier, darker influences somehow hanging out around me. So oftentimes I'm going to just sit and be with that and, you know, call light and, you know, see if I can clear that energetically um, and you know maybe consider what you know what I was thinking about before or maybe you know where they might have you know what they might have been attracted to or or come to in me um, I think a lot also of my physical aches and pains you know in my body I notice some days I feel much less you know achy and uh, so many people can probably relate to that as well you know there's a lot of people with various autoimmune and you know just different kinds of physical physical difficulties and I think the that ultimately it is connected to our stress which is connected to also you know these kind of dynamics within us where we're hooked into some you know thought form process or some influence there from beings on the other side one one source of a lot of really good uh, information about this and is this Andre Luiz collection of uh, this. Uh, he was a channel uh, Francisco Xavier who uh, channeled this doctor who you know passed away and then it's kind of all of his spiritual adventures on the other side you know involving and trying to you know be a positive influence in in the material realms and you know looking at and understanding and studying these negative spiritual influences so it kind of reads like a novel using all of these examples from his his story but you you begin to get a sense of how these things work so there's uh, I was found one example in an abstract called obsession how unkind spirits can use your mind against you and um, so it says the encounter so the the definition of obsession right which is a, a spiritist definition is the domination of one's thoughts or feelings by a persistent idea image or desire and in the book Action and Reaction, Andre Louise is studying the lower zones when he encounters a woman who asks that he and his friends assist her to help her son. She tells them that her son Louise is being obsessed because of the wrongs of his father. So, you know, it's going to, you know, it goes back through all of these clan patterns and lineages, but also still, you know, connects back to our own faults. Um, so, uh, 
anyway, I don't know if I have time to get all the way into this, but I wanted to let you know of these um, books, and you can look up Andre Louise, Action and Reaction. Um, there's other books that he has that you know are all about that kind of thing. And you might look into your own self, right, and feel, you know, what we all have some kind of addiction obsession I think to be in the ego is to have that I think to be in a western culture is to have that right and so just see if it might help you to explore the urges or the thought forms or the impulses that you get you know as this kind of influence you know, they often say that the other beings are, you know, especially with those kinds of things, you know, like they might have been addicted themselves. And so like they want to continue their addiction. And so they want us to partake of that, you know, and then they can enjoy it as well. Again, sort of living our lives through us. So um, and it's part of the reason why it is so hard to change habits and patterns like this. Um, and again, I think it helps to understand that and I think it would help us really you know to recognize this in uh, serious situations of mental illness right that that somehow you know people are uh, you know being affected by their own in, inner orientations for sure and that may even help us understand how to help them change but that we would also recognize that they, they are truly you know being sort of hounded in some of their uh, delusions or their struggles of suffering there's another interesting thing that I was reading in along this line, you know, where they talk about the vagabond spirit, right, you know, which goes all the way back in Genesis, apparently, to the story of Cain and Abel, where, you know, God finds out, you know, like he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and vagabond you shall be on earth. Right. So there's this understanding. And, and so I, we have to wind up for uh, today, but you might want to explore some of that and notice that just sort of some some aspects of our being, you know, where we don't feel grounded, where we feel listless and purposeless, you know, all of that kind of thing can be influences of these sorts. And um, so you might discover how you can work with these. And there's lots online as well. Um, and then uh, Pathwork is an interesting blend of, of working with this on all kinds of different levels so uh, I want to invite you to you know definitely explore more of the path work and we're having our f uh, February community weekend at Seven Oaks that's a really great deal for a weekend uh, retreat with all kinds of programs that are donated and so you're playing basically room and board there um, and we you know love to give you the flavor and feeling at Seven Oaks of our, our programs in community so hopefully you can you know check that out go to sevenoaks.org and um, you can find the Pathwork uh, community weekend listed so it's going to be up pretty soon and we're sending out stuff on Facebook and stuff as well. 
So I think this is a wrap. And I just want to ask you to, you know, tune in and maybe also pray for your loved ones that have passed. It's a very good practice. Uh, They receive light from that and also, uh, you know, comfort in their own sufferings to the degree that they may still, you know, be in suffering states. And so there's a saying that we're going to illuminate some souls to illuminate us. So this is Darlene Rollins coming to you from Earthwalk Ways. Uh, We're on BBM global network and we'll see you in two weeks this has been earth walkways with your host darlene rollins listen each week and connect to the natural world in a shamanic and mystical way here on darlene rollins earth walkways you've been listening to the bbm global network The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.